Welcome to my uh, podcast episodes. Uh, this is Carol A. Twal. I'm in the uh, behavioral module of Mental, Emotional, and Self-Health Mesh. And um, I'm going to talk about something. You know, heads up, if you want to hear, continue with this, I'm going to be talking about another hot topic. Lately, I've been talking about religion. Um, there are two other hot topics, and maybe there's some unknown topics that I need to be enlightened on. But there are two other topics that um, are hot, politics and sex. And tonight I'm going to talk about sex. Um, if you don't want to hear about it, turn off this podcast. Um, if you want to use this as a useful self, self-help, self-health process, you may continue. I don't recommend that you use this for entertainment. Um... Because uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna address adult entertainment and its effects on many people's mental wellness processes or mental health. And um, I'm gonna talk about this. I think I'm gonna also touch on my life experiences module of mental wellness. Um, I have a disclaimer as well. Um, you can use the mental wellness principle of rights and responsibilities, information retention. If you don't find this helpful, you can turn it off. If you find it helpful, you can keep listening. And, um, I'm not a god or a therapist or an expert or a psychiatrist, but I do much research on the internet. I do much, uh, study, independent study on topics like this. And I've done a lot of independent study of sex and sexual health. And that is a behavioral issue and it is a life experience that many humans have. Thousands, millions, billions of humans have here on the planet. Especially in first world countries, uh, America, and likewise. And um, this is a very controversial subject. Many people will say that pornography is awesome and cool and it's a cool way to make a living and flaunt it if you've got it and watch it and, you know, it'll, uh, it'll liberate you and inhibit you. Others will say that pornography is exploitive and it's wrong and it's sinful and immoral. And <clears throat> I grew up in the days of what was known as the sexual revolution. Um, my parents, my parents were baby boomers and my roommate is a baby boomer and I love him and he's a wonderful person. And, um, I have, I have disagreement with him on this subject. He, he watches porn. He, uh, reads porn magazines, and I told him as long as uh, I don't have to look at them, and um, I've told them that if, um, as long as he doesn't push the idea on me, we can get along fine. Um, on my 18th birthday, he uh, took me to a uh, an X-rated movie. This was like before the internet and before... Uh, phones before we could have adult entertainment. This was like back in the in the 
1980s. This is like back in 1985, 1986. Sorry, I dropped my phone. I'm moving some stuff around in the back room and I knocked my phone over. Um, please excuse me, I had to pick it up again. Yeah, it landed on a plastic bag. He took me to a movie and that was with my permission. I was 18 and legally you're at consenting age to do that and I gave him consent to um, take me to a uh, porn movie and I found it very intriguing, found it very stimulating and I had my first uh, orgasm later on because it was just really really stimulating and um, after that though I got addicted to it after that I um, got addicted to sex after that, I couldn't sleep without having at least three orgasms. And I did some study on erotica and pornography. And um, it can do something to your brain. Something very uh, disturbing to your brain. It can have a desensitizing effect on your brain to the point where you where you feel like you have to objectify people and you have to feel like Sex is the end-all, be-all, and the, an objectification. You feel like you have to be objectified. And, um... That, needless to say, that really destroyed my mental health. So I'm 18 years old, and I'm 19, and I'm 20, 21, blah, 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 my adult life. And, um... I ended up getting this, into some very interesting encounters and relationships after that. And I won't uh, go beyond saying that. I won't belabor it because I'm afraid I'm going to re-traumatize myself getting into it. You kind of get the point, though. I want... I, I, I don't like the idea of um, people... M many people, I think, more often than not. Now, now I've, I've done study on sex work. And some sex workers say that they don't mind. They have no problem doing that what kind of work they have no problem making money and there's customers that don't have a problem hiring them and um, again you know I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not touching it I'm not punching it I'm studying it I'm observing it and um, if that's okay with 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 other people that's okay but um, I don't agree with it and many people um, I've said before that Sex should be used to procreate and to bond with your partner and to start and perpetuate a family. And that family can be just a couple, especially if they can't or do not want to have children or if they're too old to have children. You know, they, some people get married late in life, like when they're postmenopausal. And uh, people marry when they're, uh, when they're not heterosexual and um, they decide to adopt a child or... Um, or do surrogate, go that route, or test tube, or whatever. And um, more often than not, I've observed that many sex workers and customers do feel like they're stuck 
in an economic rut, or they're coerced or seduced or forced into a situation of being sex tra trafficked, often when they're children, when they're small children, to when they're teenagers and young adults. They're groomed, they're, they're uh, seduced, you know, like, like for example, they'll, they'll be in a restaurant or a shopping mall or even in their mom's car, you know, anywhere. It can happen anywhere. They can be seduced by a person and um, they can be vulnerable because they're lonely or because they don't feel like they're doing well in school or at home. They're not getting along very well at home. They're depressed or they've got some kind of mental issue or emotional issue. And um, they end up in a situation like that. And they either can't or it's very difficult for them to get out of it. And then worse, there's the stigma attached to it. They're afraid to ask for help because they're afraid of being shamed or they're afraid they're going to get caught by their uh, captors or their employers or whatever, their, their, their pimps or whatever. And um, <clears throat> I want to say on, in the spirit of not, not being totally against um, sex, we have technology now. We have um, computers and phones and we have apps. And we have apps that can actually create third-dimensional third uh, human figures. And um, I think, I, I think um, ideally, we should abolish pornography and erotica because it does exploit people. I think uh, humans need to be able to work a respect, respectable job. I mean, even, even serving tables, you know, even, uh, even doing mundane jobs like mopping floors and um, doing desk work is more dignified, in my opinion. In sex work. Sex is sacred. <clears throat> sex is a bonding process with your partner and sex is a is a process of procreation. <clears throat> if you want to have children, if you want to, you know, carry on the name and provided that you can take care of the child and guide the child in a non-abusive way and love the child and be around the child, God forbid. And uh, as far as this uh, erotica, um, I think people have a right to express themselves. They have a right to maybe draw art, um, provided that uh, there's adult discretion. Um, I don't think children should be exposed to it because they're not at the age where they can give consent to be stimulated, whether it's seeing something sexual or um, whether it's uh, being sexual or having sex. And um, in the light of that... Um, if, if people can use computer, computers to uh, create graphics, third-dimensional graphics, why can't we produce erotica with graphics? You know, just, just produce uh, figures that are not actual human figures. You know, I, I guess I'm going, going in, into the life purpose module, too. I want to help change the world. I believe, this is kind of what I believe in. I believe in not exploiting humans, not exploiting sentient beings. Um, you can uh, make, make a woman or make a man or make a trans or make any, any figure, any human figure. You can put on the clothes you want them to wear, like um, garter belts or boots or whatever, underwear or whatever. Um, again, you know, make sure it's, it's only for adults. Make sure that children are not, are not exposed to it.
um, <clears throat> or forced into it. I bet dollars for donuts. If we could do graphics instead, if we could produce uh, erotica, and it would be erotica too because we, we wouldn't be prostituting, it wouldn't be pornography anymore. If we could um, produce erotica with graphics, you know, again, you know, only adults, adults only, you know, uh, if, if, if you have a child uh, with a phone or a computer, for goodness sake, lock it, lock them out of it. You know, I believe in safety too. I believe in non-sexual abuse. A child should not be stimulated unless they're 18. So, because um, children don't understand this. But if we use graphics instead of uh, actual live, live people, and people are, are able to work jobs that are dignified, I truly believe that sex trafficking would be virtually non-existent. Human trafficking would be virtually non-existent. I mean, there might be some speakeasy-style people uh, operating stuff, you know, under the ground, but I wonder if it if it would even be more easily caught or outlawed. I'm taking a stance, you guys, just as I converted, just as I became a Christian. I'm taking a stance against pornography. I'm not against erotica because of freedom of expression. But I am against using any human being for sexual purposes other than uh, what sex is supposed to be used for. If you're using it for entertainment or for a hobby or a sport, I believe it's wrong. And um, looking, looking at art and appreciating art, you know, nude art or whatever, or, you know, the, the, the graphics would be very much like, uh, like looking at nude art. You know, and, and as long as it's only adults 18 and older and consensual. And uh, I'd like to do maybe a separate podcast episode about, about consensual, consensuality. Because um, I, I think many people, I think children, don't even know what that means. And adults, many adults, uh, don't know how to, how to give consent properly. <clears throat> you know, I'll give one example real quick. Um, when I dated my boyfriend, Jack McCain, back in 1997, no, no yeah, 1997, um, <clears throat> I couldn't say no to him. That's in another episode. I couldn't say no. Rewriting the past, I couldn't say no. Um, <clears throat> I gave consent to date him, and I gave consent to uh, have sexual relations with him too early and too soon. Because uh, he, he bribed me into it by saying he wasn't going to be my friend after two months. He said that um, he has like a time limit. He says, you know, in two, in two months if you don't have sex with me, we can't be friends anymore. And uh, I was working with him too. And um, <clears throat> that meant that if uh, we couldn't be friends anymore, he was going to leave and stop helping me with my job. So... Um, Notwithstanding, that job was was a cult job. I was involved in a cult, and I met him there. So, jeez, um, you can imagine where that might have been going, and where this is going now. But anyway, um, <clears throat> sex is a sacred thing, you guys. It is not to be used as a hobby or a sport. It's used for a purpose that God has prescribed. And I don't think God would even approve of uh, 
the graphic thing either, but if you must, it is a lesser evil. You know, I'll say it that way. You know, virtually, and um, if I had my way, I would just abolish it. Because we're better than that, and we deserve to be better evolved than that, especially at this time in our lives as humans. But uh, in the light of letting go, and in the light of blessing, and in the light of love, and in the light of um, freedom, it's not my right to say, not my right to uh, make that law. It's God's right. I have to be patient. I have to say what Jesus said, forgive them, they know not what they do. And I didn't know what I did for a long time when I was addicted. When I was a sex addict, I did not know what I was doing. When I was a love addict, I didn't know what I was doing. Before I understood about that biochemistry, getting addicted to that, I didn't know what I was doing. Now I know what I'm doing. I'm talking about it, I'm studying it, I'm observing it, and I'm praying it away. In fact, uh, my bottom with my addiction, my, my bottom with dealing with other addicts, I'm kind of passing into an Al-Anon-like stage when I was doing those darn live streams a while back. Um, I was saved when I hit bottom with the live streaming and got hassled again, got groomed and hassled again online. I, um, I found God and I found Jesus listening to uh, music. And um, if you're listening to this, if you're clicking on this, you're probably in the same place I'm at, or maybe you're just curious. <clears throat> I think there's a way to um, honor and acknowledge our humanity without hurting anyone. And part of our humanity is sex. Part of our humanity is sexuality, and we have a right and a responsibility to deal with it in a responsible, rightful way. In Jesus' name, I pray this is so. Let's pray for hope of deliverance. I'm going to invite you to have a silent prayer with me before I close this podcast episode. Amen. You're loved. You're thought about. World. I love you, world. You're the best. Keep it up. You're worth it. Acknowledge and honor your sacredness and your humanity. You can do it. 